podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Oscar Piastri is the F2 champion with three championships on the trot, followed by a couch championship in 2022. Teamwork makes the dream work with Sergio Perez helping Max Verstappen to take pole position in the final round of the 2021 season. And Lando Norris brings McLaren's pace back the first time since Russia. He's putting it on third and DR just can't switch those tires on. G'day there. My name is James Baldwin and welcome to another episode of Lakeside Drive's F1 podcast. In this episode, we re-record for the 17th time this morning <laughs> ahead in a pre-drinking fashion of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. And I'm joined, as always, by my friends and yours, Tommy T. G'day, mate. G'day. How you doing? Doing well and campy. Hello there, my man. I'm very well, Jim. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, how are you? Doing well. Also, Freya, welcome. Welcome from the the Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> set, which apparently, which is 10.30 in the morning, people walking around in pirate outfits, fresh from the Cayman oh, Islands. Uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us. No worries. My Wi-Fi is true, proving a little bit. Uh, difficult down here in the bin in the Cayman Islands. It's uh, <laughs> not not doing well for me. I think Gasly disconnected it or something. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, not surprised considering he qualified 12th. Uh, he'd be kicking everything he could find, which probably includes plugs out of sockets down deep in the bin. Uh, and a bit of a shout out as well, of course, to Dave Munnis. It feels like a lifetime ago when he left this recording. It's been a good 30 minutes since we've tried this. Uh, yeah. But anyway, it's great to have your company. Wherever you're listening all across the world, thank you so much for being part of Lakeside Drive's journey. Uh, we've made it all the way to the end of the season. We didn't need to have the rest of the season, it seems, because the championship fight is as close as it was when we started under the lights in Bahrain. It's also the same time where Yuki Tsunoda figures out he can drive again since the first time <laughs> since Bahrain. It's two things that have happened. Uh, of course, we are coming to the last uh, bit of the season. It's very, very exciting. But before we talk about Formula One, let's talk about Formula Two. Tommy T, starting with you first, my man. Oscar Piastri, King Oscar. Absolute yep. style, takes third position in the last couple of laps uh, to get a podium and the championship. Yep, three on the trot as well, and that's that's not an easy feat. He's gone from Formula Renault to F3, F2, just back to back to back. The guy is unbelievable. Um, we've talked about it many times, but he is just so cool, calm, collected, just cannot be phased with anything that's going on. Um, yeah, it never looked in doubt, did it? Through through qualifying, he was really consistent um, and just kept improving. And then his final lap, he had like a poor middle sector, but his other two were great. So he just found pace that no one else had. And yeah, he just walked away with it in that sprint race as well, which was excellent to see. And he's absolute Iceman, Campy, isn't he? Just doesn't really, isn't phased rather by anything at all, including it seems winning the championship. <laughs> yeah, look, cool, calm and collected. Uh, we alluded, the commentators alluded to the fact that uh, this guy, this kid, when he races, his ability to stay out of those 50-50 uh, um, um, experiences on track that could cause, could cause problems for him. If you look at the steering angle around some of the fast corners, it's uh, just far better than Schwartzman and he's just got this ability to save tyres and extract base over a race distance that no one else can. 
uh, he can be aggressive too and getting the moves done as we tried to see in uh, in uh, in the sprint race number two, but mm. uh, didn't come out his way this time. But who cares? He's got the championship in the bag and uh, he's got a seat in an F1 team as a reserve driver. And uh, I think Alpine will be uh, very, very, very happy with their junior academy of drivers at the moment. So it's good for us and uh, Jack doing too. And uh, his second race in F2 qualified P2 for the uh, feature race tonight, and he was solid-ish in the first two sprint races. He um, look didn't make he needs to make some passes, but he held his position pretty well, and you know was just in that DRS train, learning and learning for next year. So good to see from that Aussie perspective. Yeah, and of course, Callan Williams, another Australian, is testing. Uh, for for Formula Two as well after after this weekend, so there's potential for two Aussies to be stepping up into Formula Two for next year, which of course means there's a gap in Formula Three for an Australian. Uh, I wonder who that will be. There's some good news uh, in the Ferrari Junior Academy going on. Um, I know that there's some action happening around the Italian uh, Junior Formulas too. So we'll try and keep an eye on that in next year's uh, ramblings, I suppose. But Freya, let's talk about the new track, shall we? Because Abu Dhabi has been reprofiled by the excellent track designer Karun Chandok. Uh, He'll take 100% (laughs) of the credit too, including building the banking into the final. So I really want a 10% banking, but we Settled on five. It was like, did you do it yourself as well, mate? Get out there with a shovel. With a wheelbarrow. <laughs> oh, seriously. But for, from your point of view, Freya, I mean, everyone kept saying it flows much better. It certainly looks better um, in terms of a, a driver's point of view, doesn't it? Yeah, they all seem to have a pretty good time with it. I mean, obviously it's much faster, shorter laps, but then you've got more of them. Um, I think ultimately it'll come down to what it does to overtaking, which we just mm. don't know yet. And we kind of saw what happened in P2 but obviously with um, F2, but obviously, you know, they're, they're different cars. But um, I think Turn 5 will still kind of set up for an interesting DRS pass potentially. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to be a strategic race at the end of the day because you've got those shorter laps. Like you think, I think you'll probably see some pretty aggressive strategic moves into whether it's overcuts or whatever. But um yeah, I think they all seem to have the, fun. Um, um, the pit exit is quite long here as well, isn't it? So that's a, yeah. another part. Sorry, yeah, Freya, absolutely. continue. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. So I think like some of those changes will mean that they'll probably put more more thought into whether or not you know it's a two stopper for that for that reason. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens. But I think it comes down to what it does to overtaking at the end of the day, which we're kind of yet to see with with these cars anyway. Mm. Tommy T, in terms of the history of this track, Abu Dhabi's not exactly been the most interesting track to watch from a championship point of view or from a spectator point of view. The drivers didn't like it, even Jensen Button saying, now that it's changed, we can finally say it was bloody annoying to drive before and we didn't yeah. like it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but for, for this, though, <laughs> I mean, we, we say that, well, I think the stats are that from the last seven or eight races, six times pole position has won the bloody thing. Uh, there's potential now that for that to change, of course. Yeah. Um, what I really enjoyed was uh, Karen Horner um, complaining to Karun and saying, well, you took out all of the corners that we were stronger than Mercedes in. What did you do that for? You know, L plan is Karun Chandock yeah. and Sky Sports F1 <laughs> redesigning this track specifically so Lewis Hamilton can win the championship. Yeah, Christian Horner would think that that is exactly how it's been designed, wouldn't he? That is the most Christian thing ever. No, I think like like you've mentioned, this has been a bit of a, a dead rubber at the end of most seasons because it's already been decided. So we actually haven't had to see this with any real meaning as a track for 
ever. It's been really disappointing. It's been this kind of procession and no one's really cared about it, but it now has the potential, like Freya's pointed out, for some overtaking and to be interesting. And if it's somewhere that the drivers want to be as well, like I think they actually like the location. They like kind of the mm. atmosphere of it all. It's just been a useless track and it was just square. It was like designing an Etch-A-Sketch instead of actually how you should design a track. It was all just 90 degree corners. It was stupid. But I, I genuinely think this could actually be one of the better tracks uh, with the change mm. they've made. And um, we do probably have to give Karun some of the credit, not all the credit that he was taking, but <laughs> I definitely think it's an improvement on what it was. Gabby, what do you think? Uh, Karun takes credit everywhere, even his 2010 <laughs> failed season where I don't think he finished a race. So, uh, no, look, I don't mind Karun. He's all right. He's good value. But, uh, yeah, track's good. Track's good. There's a bit of game playing, but I, I honestly think for the racing – uh, the changes they made will be better. Uh, we did see some good battles between Lewis Hamilton and Nico Rosberg, I think, 2015, I believe. Um, so it can produce some exciting racing at times. But, uh, look, it's going to be a great race tonight. I think Freya's right. Strategy will come into play. And I think Max's lock-up in uh, on his second lap in Q2 will ultimately be the end of his world championship just because I just don't Ooh. think you can make that soft tyre work on strategy if we are in that region of a one and two stop. Hamilton's just got too many options tonight. So, anyway, we'll see. I hope I'm proved wrong, but uh, we'll go from there. There's Campy just skipping the entire way down the run sheet and hitting all of the key points in one go. And that's the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. What I want to talk before we talk about, though, that uh, is Kimi. Uh, Kimi's last race, of course, uh, again. Um, I wonder what he'll do next. Who knows? Uh, one thing he probably doesn't have, Tommy T, is a, uh, a seat for the Dakar with any kind of Polaris nope. or Can-Am kind of thing because he's I very mean, good if at they want, buggies. Well, they were talking to um, Nico in the commentary and they're like, maybe he can go drive for you in Extreme Hand. He's like, not with driving like that when he's tumbled, <laughs> tumbled it twice in the in the space of like one shot. Molly TV has piece. rolling over cars down That's true, that actually. So yeah, he doesn't yeah, need someone else to do that. <laughs> exactly. But no, he, he's just, I think, excited to get out of the the rat race and the the hamster wheel of formula one where it's just non-stop kind of you've got to be here on this day at this time flying you're not seeing your mm-hmm. family he just wants to chill out and just be a relaxed guy that hangs out with his family i think and he still loves driving and he made that abundantly clear but he's sick of the other everything that's involved with it and i think it's pretty evident on his face. He's he's a guy that doesn't say much, but you can tell that he's really just not enjoying that part of Formula One. Yeah, I mean, one of my favourite cutaway shots of that was uh, him putting his son in the buggy and just going, just drive down the hill, pointing, and then them, the three of who, him and whoever the two other guys were with him just walking away the other direction, not even watching. Yeah. Like, that is just the most Kimmy thing. Oh, whatever, you're wrong, it whatever, it's absolutely fine. But Freya, I mean, for 20 years worth of Kimmy Raikkonen, of course, he took a step out and, and came back again. He's the last champion that Ferrari's had. Uh, he won that championship by one point, which is uh, ridiculous to think. But, I mean, the world of Formula 1 is now more accessible, isn't it? We, we've had Drive to Survive, of course. The quotable quote from him is like, it's more like a hobby for me. Uh, <laughs> we've had plenty of people say, 
Uh, I feel like every know, other like wannabe driver in the world just wanted to say stuff you at that point in time. Being like, oh yeah, I, I just do this thing because I like it. And they're like, cool, can I have a seat then? Yeah, <laughs> let me have a go. Yeah. The thing is, it's yeah. a hobby for him, but he bloody smashes it out of the park considering oh, how he old does. he is. But it's so it's so much more, isn't it? And Tommy T mentioned there before in terms of just how full on obviously the press calendar is and how everyone expects, you know, memes basically. And I'm sure that Alfa Romeo's social media um, are not that excited about the next year's lineup in terms of meme creation, at least. Antonio and Kimmy <laughs> oh, is a uh, does all right. duo was good. Yeah, I mean, as a duo, though, anyway. But yes. point is, for, for him, though, it's done, right? He's never getting back into a fastest car. He clearly loves driving, as Tommy T's just said. But... From from our point of view, from a Formula One point of view, we're going to miss just how cut and dry he is. There's almost no one else on the grid that's just like that, is there? No, I think so, and that's what everyone seems to actually really enjoy about him. Um, and you know, especially in comparison to some of the other drivers at the moment, <clears throat> Hamilton, who are just <laughs> you know, oh the fans and oh just you know the team and this that and the other. Yes, it was a good race, and I'm ready for it to be over now. Like I just love yeah. how love how cut and dry it is, especially in comparison to all the the you know kind of nonsense that you hear around the paddock as well. So I think everyone just appreciates the fact that what you see is what you get um, with him, and there's no apologies for that being his with his his personality, which I think is pretty cool actually. So I think yeah. they'll they'll miss having him around for sure. Yeah, I think we all will. King Kimmy, hey Campy. Uh, but what, one of the things that I wanted to mention though about it is, of course, this is the last time we're seeing this era of Formula One car. Oh, thank isn't it? God. <laughs> <laughs> Why, why are you looking forward to this being the last time we see it? Oh, look, I think I think we've proved to the world that we can make uh, turbo hybrid cars work and we can go a full race distance at, you know, 250 kilometres an hour on 100 litres. So the technology is clearly there for the world to go sustainable, when, you know, for everyday car drivers. But is that what we actually want to see from car racing? Absolutely not. We want uh, – we want – uh, we want to be able to follow as closely as you possibly can. We want loud noises and, yeah, look, we want Describing big characters. Yourself, I think. And we want- I was going to say, just, <laughs> sounds like a self-bio of this podcast to Campy. Anyway, I, I'm, uh, I, look, in 2014 when these cars first came out, I was at the Grand Prix. I didn't even know they were on track, which is which is terrible. Is yeah. that because you were in the Porsche hospitality unit and you were too busy, <laughs> no, you know, some too many green or something? No, it wasn't that year. Yeah. Stay on topic. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> these, cars, these cars are shit. And, uh, until we can get back to some sort of – Supercharged V10. It's not happening. Turbocharged V6s. Oh, no. Yeah, it's the Alan Jones Racing Series and not that one, the other one, the one that I do mean. the sport will inevitably go full electric and I'll have to stop watching then because I just – You will not. I will. I'll stop. sport already exists. Everyone knows electric racing shit, so. I thought you were converting your Navarro to electric anyway. And the troopy. Yeah, it's the only way that Hastings is going to be one. Kimmy quickly? There's three moments for me that stand out for Kimmy Roth and when he crashes in Monaco and goes to his yacht, shirt off, starts drinking with the boys. (laughs) Very good. He missed the podium with Palais and Brundle walked up to him and said, oh, where were you? And he said, oh, I was having a shit. (laughs) Absolute quality. And the third one for me is uh, I actually had a T-shirt of it at one stage. It was when he was driving for Lotus. Shut up, I know what I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, what an absolute star of a human being. If someone yeah. like Hamilton or Pierre Gasly said that, we'd be having a very different chat about his personality and who he is, but Kimmy just gets away with that stuff. Well, hopefully he gets Oscar away with can... a lot because of his sheer lovability. So. That's it. We want this for Oscar. Come in and just be straight shooter. That's what we want. Yeah, he can well, be the new Oscar. Hopefully – Hopefully he won't be saying, please leave me alone um, or leave <laughs> me alone. first year. Alfa Romeo, <laughs> like full credit to them putting that on the side of the car. We will leave you alone now, which then gave bloody David Croft the uh, batter up kind of, oh, well, the mechanics can't leave him alone now because he crashed into a wall. Ha, ha, ha. Just poor. Spare me. Just. Uh, let's talk, though, I've- about qualifying, shall we? Yes, Freya? <laughs> Oh, no, I was going to say, I feel like those commentators need to take a kind of uh, leaf out of the F2 book. They, I thought the comment, commentary on that was so fun, just especially yeah. around that, um, I think it was Daruvula and Dragovich when he did that overtake and they, they were just so excited about what they were seeing in yeah. in terms of just almost calling it like a horse race. It was like, this is this is fun. And then, of course, when, um, when uh, Piastri actually crossed the line, it was just that, you know, F1, sign him up. Like, just loved it. <laughs> yeah. it was just, uh, Alex Jake's just getting the stab in where he can. Just yeah. absolutely going for it. So I was like, Crofty, listen up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the the next generation of, of commentators is looking good. I mean, it's another Brundle. It's Alex Brundle, but the relationship that Alex Jake's and Alex Brundle have is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a little in qualifying I enjoyed uh, just talk a little bit more about F2, a bit of a lull. And so uh, they were discussing what, who liked parsnips in the Brundle household and the fact that Mrs. Brundle had to hide parsnips under the um, <laughs> Mr. Brundle's Yorkshire pud so that he still eats it at the end of the Hilarious. meal. It's like this just. is just like I'm happy wholesome. that that's the English part of it. That's just nice wholesome <laughs> content. But Alex Jakes, put, you know, get Piastri oh, in an F1 more. seat and get that guy as the world feed commentator and let everyone have yes. access to the world feed. That's what we want, uh, yes. absolute superstar. Or just give us Channel 4 highlights, even that. Like We'll happily do that just to be able to listen to him. But you're absolutely right. Let's talk about qualifying now because uh, it, it's obviously the, the most important qualifying of the year in some ways. I mean, both of them start on the front row and if it's anything like uh, last weekend, qualifying won't matter at all because we'll have about 17 starts to the race and uh, we'll <laughs> just flesh out that way. But uh, before we talk about the obvious things, Campy, uh, Yuki Tsunoda, for the first time this season, out-qualifies Pierre Gasly on pace. So Gasly starting way down the back in 12th for him, which is uh, a lot further down where he normally starts in that sixth position. Tsunoda starting in eighth, which he's done the last couple of times as well. But I suppose it's now that they're in that conversation, especially for Honda's last weekend again before they come back. Maybe Kimi and Honda will come <laughs> back again at the same time Maybe. in six years uh, for for them because Sonoda needed to get his life together, didn't he? And this is kind of the first time we've seen that happen. Oh, I think since he's been re-signed for next year, he's uh, he's improved incredibly. I think the pressure's been off him for the rest of the year just to go out and learn and do his thing. And the last four or five races has been qualified in the top ten, so we cannot – we. We shouldn't be surprised that he, this kid's doing this stuff. He got to F1, not that I think he deserved the drive, and his drives throughout the first 18 races did not merit an F1 drivers uh, and that seat on the grid. But, hey, we shouldn't be surprised. The kid's actually obviously got some talent, and for him to uh, outperform Sonoda, uh, sorry, uh, Gasly, I think it's an indication that Red Bull maybe have got this right, and then I might have to eat some humble pie. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, making. But, no, great for Yuki. He's been quick all weekend. Um, you know, I think he's been consistently pick, 
quicker than Pierre all weekend as well at times. So uh, Pierre obviously didn't get his quality uh, three la- uh, two laps together. I think he struggled with tyre warm-up. But, hey, Yuki, that's how good he is. And uh, if he can continue to get the results like he's been getting in the last five to six races, then uh, all credit to him. He deserves his spot. And uh future's looking bright for him. That Honda engine has clearly got something over one lap that no one else does. So, um Maybe that Red Bull power unit powertrain next year is going to be the the dominant engine of the era. So who knows? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But Freya, the other one that's important is uh, our favourite Canadian out qualifying George Russell, who was yeah. too busy promoting King's Man or some kind of film that was <laughs> like, what am I seeing here? Uh yeah. What are you doing? Like, you need to feel <laughs> just what are you doing? Like, you just looked foolish, to be honest. So, uh, anyway, um, pins, pinstripe suits aside, um, <laughs> I was, yeah, very pleased to see uh, <laughs> to see Latifi out qualify him. I think, um, I think it'll be interesting to see how he goes with a new teammate next year as well. I don't really know mm. what that Dunak's been like this year. But um, also Russell kind of, I think, when he, when he came in, there was a lot of kind of, oh, we didn't have to do this, we didn't have to do yeah. that. I just wanted to go, you were shit, get over it, move on. <laughs> like, take a leaf out of Kimmy's book on his last qualifying saying, yep, Savage. didn't get it done today. Yeah. No, I thought <laughs> the same he, thing he for He came our, in and yeah. it was just a lot of, you know, bitching and moaning and I kind of thought, yeah. well, It seems pretty classic. I mean, look, last race, of course, for Williams, for him, he's going to the big boy team in Mercedes next year. And we know that Alfa Romeo is going to be better than Mercedes when Bottas waves (laughs) at him as he's lapping him, uh, probably. (laughs) But for for the end of this sort of season for him, Tommy T, that kind of like, as Frey was saying, the complaining on the radio to me was like a bit much. Dude, who cares, right? Like, be happy for Nicky. It, it mm. absolutely doesn't matter. It, it yep. is just no point like, oh, okay, you didn't get Mr. Saturday. What a bloody shame. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up and move on with your life. You're driving for Merck next year. Yeah, mm. it seems bizarre that he's putting so much, I don't know, energy into that. It's like, move on, dude. Like, we know just celebrate the team in the year, but he was still being mm. this sooky little kid. And it's like, to be honest, it's probably more on him moving on than the rest of the team. So I don't know why he's the shitty one. If anything, they should be annoyed at him, like upping and leaving and going for greener (laughs) pastures and leaving them where they are. Like I don't understand his energy towards them who've done so much for him and his career. So yeah, again, it's just like one of those, one of those things that we're like, I don't know about George yet. We need to see a bit more of him to Mm. kind of go, is this kind of, a good guy that we we want to get behind or is this kind of another, oh, you're really good in front of a camera kind of guy uh, and we're going to have to be wary. But we'll see, I guess, next year he's going to be in the spotlight. Yeah, Campy, uh, you've said that right from the beginning, haven't you, that you're just not sure. Uh, we haven't seen him in that sort of performance. You know, the uh, Mercedes random drive that he had last year aside, well, it's going to be interesting. Well, I've said from a corporate perspective, the kid's probably a dream. You're never going to have an issue with him for going out and doing stupid Kimmy rocking and things or having a tantrum. But his personality is like a potato, right? So, <laughs> and he's the typical guy that will try and build his brand now that he's moving to uh, moving to Mercedes next year. Like this promotion of Kingsman. What a shit movie anyway. So, <laughs> Seen it? But... Oh, I saw the first half of the first one. I thought, this is garbage. <laughs> um, anyway, it. look. Anyway, look. George Russell, I don't like him. He needs to start taking his shirt off, as I said, because his personality ain't getting him anywhere with the girls. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's yeah, going to be providing. Will, I, I think moving on to Jeez. next year, we're just going to get more and more frustrated with George Russell as a human being. So, mm, Okay. Well, I mean, that, uh, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, let's talk, though, about Red Bull getting it together because it really was team make, uh, teamwork rather makes the dream work. And Sergio Perez has, uh, well, he needs to have Red Bull's thanks, doesn't he? Not only is he's a solid driver, pretty consistent oh. as well, he's getting himself together. Qualified in fourth, of course, which is exactly where they kind of needed him. Maybe third would have been good, but as we said, Lando Norris sort of came out of nowhere. But yeah. that's in sixth. So in terms of this second driver battle, Sergio is definitely placed into that better zone. Camp, you want to start with you because this is talking about the strategy thing. Uh, I've read some articles that suggest that Red Bull on purpose flat spotted the medium to just make it look like they were going onto the soft as a choice. Uh, sorry, as they're being forced, oh. even though they think a two stop might be a, a, the case now. From from your point of view, though, talk to me about this slipstream. How important it is, uh, and if whether or not it even really made a difference here, or if Max was just off the rails because we saw uh, Valtteri Bottas wasn't doing the same for Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, look, I think they got strategy right. Clearly the slipstream works because for Max to pull out that lap on the best that Hamilton could give all weekend up until that point, everyone's sitting there going, there's no way Red Bull will get pole. There's not a chance. I mean, Mercedes' dominance up until that point was uh, was clear and it was real. But, hey, I reckon it probably gained him three tenths and I probably reckon Max Verstappen as a driver eked another couple of tenths out on that just because of the calibre driver that he is. Um, so, I mean, to five and a half tenths quicker than Hamilton up until that point. I mean, Hamilton came out and three and a half tenths, he said, there's no way I could match that time, even if they tried it. So it obviously worked. I think they probably had that idea up their sleeve. As the conspiracy theories about Max yellows, uh, flat spot in his yellows, not a chance. That was a genuine mistake from Max. Why would they go out on mediums in the first place if they wanted to qualify on red? So anyway, look, I think, uh, as I said before, it's con- it's gonna strategy is going to be interesting tonight. We don't always have it right. Look at last week and how that race played out. We never know what's going to happen. And uh, the heart still says Max all the way, but the head still says Hamilton. I think their race pace will pretty good on uh pretty good on Friday so can't be just doing such a good job of skipping all the way to the very bottom of this oh, <laughs> he's like concluding the podcast every time he talks <laughs> yeah I know every time he talks <laughs> yeah. it's fantastic thanks man at least you haven't uh, string a sentence together these days it's not all it's true yeah well I've season, hidden the first couple three, we've got it I've I've hidden pretty much the first season so no one can go yeah. back to fact check you uh, but Freya, uh, look, this this second driver situation is is an interesting one. Uh, look, both Red Bull starting on the soft uh, red stripe tire, as Campy just said. Both the Mercs starting on the yellow stripe medium. We know the red tire, the soft tire, gets a, an advantage of about eight to ten meters uh, in terms of grip off the start. But this year. Red Bull haven't really had the best starts. Uh, Max Verstappen certainly, and especially in the restarts we saw last weekend, wasn't great at getting off the line. Uh, do you think this is potential, though, for a, a Barcelona-type situation where you do a two-stop and you just come charging home to take that win in the last couple of laps? Interesting. I don't know. I, th- I think, I mean, Verstappen is going to have to do a two-stop, surely. I'd... I'd... I say that now, but I, I don't know. I think his main thing is he just needs to keep out of trouble in that first lap. Like he 
which he hasn't always been great at doing. And, mm. um, you know, especially with the other two coming up behind him, yeah. Um, I, I genuinely don't know. Um, I think it's going to be really, really interesting. He just needs to stay out of trouble in that that first lap um, and not get into a tangle and just, you know, do something stupid and kind of ride it off for himself. Mm. I think he's potentially going to be his own worst enemy just because of we've seen, you know, we've seen that he has a potential to um, get pretty aggressive, which is fine. It makes him the driver that he is. But I think maybe there's a balancing act and he just needs to keep it under control for, for lap one, keep out of trouble. And because he's good when he's in front, he knows how to control a race. Um, and we've, again, we've seen him do that before. So in terms of the stops, I think that's probably the biggest question mark for me. Um, you know, I th- with both the Mercs on the, the yellows, they've got a lot more to play with when it comes to getting the window right with doing the tyre change. Um, he's got, you know, fewer options there. So I've got a big question mm. mark over it. Campy, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, look, it's interesting. I would have said last week Hamilton just goes on to win that race clearly and then look what happened. Um, this is motorsport. Some crazy things happen. I would hope that a safety car didn't decide or a red flag decided the championship. Um, but, hey, it's motorsport and this is why we love it. I've said all along we need to stop being a bit cynical about this season and really appreciate what we're watching. It is probably the changing of the guard tonight, you know, one champion to the next. It, it happens across all forms of sport. And, uh, look, as I said, my, my, my head is always Lewis because these last three races he's come through the field and passed Max Verstappen on track to get the wins in the last three. So it is very exciting and we'll watch intently. I think the Discord chat's going to be going absolutely mental. So if you're not on yep. that, you're first time listener, you better jump on and uh, and contribute. Not that we contribute oh, yeah. a lot. I think the fans and the, and the you know, they – they're the ones that it's got a got a life of its own now, doesn't it? Ah, oh, it's good to see. So <laughs> yeah, and there's so many varying opinions, and uh, it's good. yeah, no, look, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, so releasing releasing the Discord into the wild sometimes is a terrifying is. thought process. I know. Uh, in terms of Mercedes, then Campy, because look, Valtteri Bottas, as I mentioned, starting in sixth. Uh, he's a couple of places behind Sergio Perez, but we know this year. I mean, it's his last race, of course, for Mercedes. Uh, he's got a wonderful tribute helmet of all of the good pictures. Uh, he should have just had, I think, maybe like 15 photos of just him holding a, a Heineken with traditions yeah. as the thing. That's the one. <laughs> Which is just a big. That's the one. <laughs> Screw you guys. Or the uh, one when he's but, looking back at his like photo and he has that smirk yeah. on him. <laughs> yeah. Just those two. Just inception <laughs> yeah. of that though. Just one like on each going side. around. Yeah. yeah. And then he can hold it when he gets engine, engine failure halfway through the yeah. race. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor VB. He hasn't had the best like poor bloke but uh, look hopefully he does well for next year in Alfa Romeo but Campy Mercedes yellow striped medium tyres Hamilton second Bottas sixth versus Verstappen in first and Perez in fourth what happens if in that first corner Hamilton gets in front because that is surely them dominating that strategy and Red Bull will have to keep Max in front of Lewis to try their best to try and mitigate that um, running away, surely. Well, I think, if yeah, look, if Lewis does get the start, he's going to control the pace of the race so he can get through and make that one stop the, the better alternative. And we know he can do that. Lewis can lead from the front and he can come from behind. But the other way is if 
if it is a one-two like we start the grid now, um, Max will charge and he will go as hard as he absolutely can for the whole yeah. race distance, which may affect the way that the race plays out and it may work that way so that the two-stop yeah. two stop is the better strategy. So mm. I really don't know. I'm just speculating. I'm pulling it out of my backside and I'm trying to make predictions because mm. I really I don't know. It could go either way, I think. Like I, don't think I don't think – Perez or Bodas will will play a role. I think uh, they'll end up fighting for each other for that f- last spot on the podium, just because I think their race pace over that distance is far far better than everyone else's. Oh, As for Bodas, good luck to the guy. I love him. Um, he's had some hard luck at Mercedes, and he doesn't have to perform this weekend. He's done enough this year to get that Constructors' yeah. Championship win for them. Yeah. And one bad qualifying since, you know, out of the last seven or eight races, so it's not a bad thing. But, um, yeah, yeah, look, it'll be interesting. Are we going to, you know, tomorrow, it's going to be hard to talk about. I mean, if Mercedes wins, we're going to look at it and it's like, oh, same old for the last seven years, you know. It's the way we're going to view these championships in 10 yeah. years' time, but it's not the real story, is it? So, no. Then again, Red Bull and the organisation, I don't, didn't particularly love them when they were winning, in, you know, <laughs> exactly. from 2010 to 2013 either. So, uh, look, it'll be, oh, look, it's going to be exciting. I just can't wait for it. It's going to be fun. Yeah. One of the interesting points I think that came out this week uh, that, Sort of seemed a little unnecessary, but Michael Massey reminding everyone, not creating a new rule, but reminding anyone that if anyone yeets each other, that the stewards have the ability to deduct championship points as well uh, as a penalty rather than just imposing a 10-place grid penalty. Um, What I found extra interesting is uh, Lewis Hamilton in the uh, post-qualifying press conference just reminding everyone just how hard the steward's job is and just how well the race director yeah, is doing. Putting on <laughs> a bit of mail there, Lewis. Interesting. Okay, I see where this is going. But, so this, uh, I've thought going, about this. Everyone's I've going, thought oh, about I can't it. believe it. Go on then, Tommy. And I think this is where Perez comes in and if we need to have a tyre change uh. strategically for Max, this is when Perez accidentally – might hit someone or have some engine trouble or just parks his car and we end up with a red flag. So I, don't, I wouldn't rule out Perez and his usefulness, even if it's not keeping someone directly behind him. He might just stop the race and let us have a free tyre change. But no, I think I, I think it's, it's good to point out because he, his point was kind of there's no next week. So there's like grid drops and future penalties are useless. We kind of have to have this, I don't know, punishment on the table now that you're all aware and he did mention it was also for other constructors and other teams because their battles are still going on for third and fourth and fifth in the constructors, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. And all the money that goes with those. We all know it's not about that. It's about trying to make sure that Max doesn't do anything stupid and potentially cost himself with a with a penalty. Um, I, I really hope we don't see that. I want to see hard racing, but we want to see it finish on track. We don't want to see it go to the steward's office, obviously, because that would just be – a, a big, big kind of like, I don't know, yeah, black mark on this season, which has been incredible to watch the the racing. But we'll see, I guess. Well, and look, it's interesting because if both DNF, then Max wins because he has the most wins this season. Uh, look, I don't think we're going to get to a point where Max and Lewis crash into each other. Look, potentially the reason why George Russell is signed for Mercedes for next year is because he's going to appear in Ooh. a dark alley, in, like waiting in the pit exit in that tunnel with no, where there are no cameras and go, this is how we do it in the Mercedes Junior program. 
<laughs> just oh, Verstappen there. What, what was that? A lot Jim? of tinfoil beanies happening here. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so the tinfoil beanies have just been <laughs> issued directly to me from Campy. Definitely. Uh, what I wanted to talk about though is uh, McLaren's pace. Uh, Freya, Lando Norris seemingly coming out of nowhere, making uh, one Zach Brown exceptionally happy. Uh, it's the first time since Russia that we've seen a bit of a glimpse of them coming back to the fold. Yeah, and he seemed pretty surprised with it himself as well. He kind of said, oh, wow, (laughs) I didn't see that coming. That kind of came out of the blue. So, um, uh, yeah, you're kind of pleased to see that the pace is still there. Um, it's, uh, you just don't know what's going on with, with Ricardo and his tires today. He's kind of seemed to say that he just couldn't, couldn't get it right, but hopefully that's not the case tomorrow. There's got to be time to figure it out. Um, also on Zach Brown, I'm not sure if you saw the pant, his, uh, his pants while he was playing golf during mm. the week. I was like, can you get any more just full dad fan zone? I just don't think it's possible. Um, <laughs> they were, they were fantastic, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's hard to watch Norris out qualify Ricardo so heavily, but <laughs> it's also good to know the pace is there. So end of the day, it's a good news story. Yeah, it's shame for DR because starting in 10th is just, you know, obviously no good <laughs> for him, especially when Lando's so far up the grid. Uh, I've said this to many people uh, in the latter half of this season that, you know, McLaren's focus and DR's especially should be on winning a world championship next year. More yeah. so than, you know, getting that third position back from from Ferrari. Uh, but Ferrari's pace, though, again, yet again, um, mm-hmm. is consistent and, and it's good. Signs fifth, uh, Leclerc seventh. And uh, the one thing that I am still interested by is that both Toto and Christian Horner keep saying, yeah, when we get to race one next year, Ferrari just smashed the floor with us in their amazing car and amazing downforce and all that sort of other stuff, we'll all be laughing uh, and crying probably. <laughs> maybe maybe laugh what crying. Cheap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but it could it could be an interesting it could be an interesting uh, run for them because this sort of consistency and pace is only a good thing to sort of show that that momentum forward. And that's what McLaren's had all the way up really until that Monza Russia period uh, and then Ferrari brought their upgrades and it sort of sailed yep. in from there. All right, let's go through the race starting grid. Verstappen starting in first, Hamilton second, as we said. It's going to be bloody interesting there. Orlando in third. Perez in fourth. Fifth is Carlos Sainz and uh, Valtteri Bottas surrounded by Ferraris. Seventh uh, is Charles Leclerc, Bottas in sixth. Yuki Tsunoda has Esteban Ocon for company, eighth for him and ninth for Ocon. Danny Rick in starting in tenth. Now, there was a bit of an issue with Fernando Alonso uh, complaining at the end of Q2 that uh, DR was kind of in the way uh, going into starting his last lap and um, and slowed him up a bit, which, you know, is kind of fair enough, I suppose, because I will happily listen to Fernando Alonso about anything, uh, especially with his facial reactions to Max Verstappen crashing and qualifying uh, yeah, last amazing. weekend in Jeddah. That's one of the best <laughs> bit of Formula One content you can see all year. Uh, but for Fernando Alonso and Esteban Ocon, Tommy T, it, it, it's, let's, let's talk about Alpine a little bit here because they've shown some glimpses this year. Of course, we had Ocon on yep. the podium, third position. Uh, they're starting to sort of fight around that mid-pack, but it's not going to be good for DR if he gets stuck behind Ocon and Alonso will push because we know this Alpine yep. seems to be getting slightly better towards the end of the year. Yeah, I, I suppose we just hope that they've got that set up for race pace and not qualifying. That's why Daniel's where he is. That's all we can really hope for, hey? But yeah, they've definitely had the pace recently. Alonso's been on it. Ocon, not so much, but yeah, it's not where you'd want to be. Um, 
yeah, you, you wish he just got 11th and then got some tyre choice or something, but he's going to have to deal and maybe just go strategy-wise, maybe go early pit stop, come out, go long late. Who knows? He's He's got it all uh, all ahead of him, though. It's, it's going to be a tough one. Yeah, Gasly starting in 12th, Campy. I know that he's in the bin, but realistically mm-hmm. for, for him, he's had these solid performances all year where he's up around that sort of sixth position. Uh, do you think he's going to be able at all to get past, you know, these both of these Alpines and the McLaren and Danny Rick to get in front of his teammate in Yuki Sonoda? Oh, he'll have to do it off the start. I think that's his, his main point. And he'll, he'll get good strategy as well, starting on the mediums or the hards, whatever he tries to do. So there's, what, six drivers in the top ten. Oh, no, there's more of them with uh, the Red Bulls. But, you know, the six the six others other than the Mercedes and uh, Red Bull, they're all on the soft. So, look, it'll be interesting to see. They're going to have to get it done. I don't think the racing between the mid-pack is going to be that great. Look, I don't think we'll get a lot of passing. I I think it'll be a pretty bit of a procession, really. But I think the, the battle up the front is uh, the, you know, and the the gap that Max and Lewis will have will give them options to fight it out. But as for the, everyone else, I think it'll be pretty pretty stock standard. Mm. Anyway, it looks to be interesting to see what happens. But hey, Alpine have been performing really well, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Lance Stroll starting in thirteenth, Giovinazzi in his last Formula One Grand Prix probably ever starting in fourteenth, Seb Vettel fifteenth, Nick Latifi ahead of his teammate sixteenth and seventeenth for him and Russell Raikkonen in eighteenth, which is a bit of a shame. Mick Schumacher in nineteenth, and no surprises that Mazepin starts at the very <laughs> back of the grid. Now, what to watch for in the in the race? Well, lap one, as we've said, as Freya said, what's going to happen is that that first corner. Well, if uh, Verstappen is to play the strategy game into Red Bull's hands, he needs to make sure he stays in front of Lewis Hamilton. But Lewis Hamilton is a king at starting. He's got his uh, interesting hold. <laughs> how he kind of holds the the steering wheel with one hand and with the clutch with the other, and he's got that down pat. He's uh, obviously knows how to start here in Abu Dhabi as well. But for for what happens afterwards, then is absolutely the strategy game, Tommy T. But mm. can you see what? Like, can you? How can you see the start playing out? Because that's going to be the most interesting part, probably the first time ever that we're going to watch the front row of the grid rather than trying to find Danny Rick in the back. Yeah, I think it's just going to be Max trying to cover off. Lewis as best as he can. Having said that, I think he really needs to protect himself into turn five. That new turn five is going to be where it's kind of won and lost. If if you can get a good entry into that hairpin, you've got a massive straight coming up. I know DRS is in, in enabled, but those tyre temps aren't up yet. So that is a real opportunity to lead into lap two. And I think that's what Max really needs to be worried about, less so than turn one. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's just going to have to try and like give... Lewis as little space as possible to kind of get where he wants on the track. Mm. Campy Lando Norris has said that he just doesn't want a bar of what's going on in front of those two. <laughs> he could lead the <laughs> race. That's absolutely right. <laughs> uh, but he could yeah. he could just take one for the Mercedes team and uh, say bye bye Max. Yeah, look, let's just hope for Lando that he uh, gets a shit start and holds the cars up behind him and it's Max and Lewis in one and two <laughs> into turn one and we leave it there. No one else gets involved. Any lappers coming up, don't don't miss one blue flag. Don't try and extend it. Just stay yep. out of the freaking way <laughs> yep. is what we want. We want this track. We want this battle on track and on track only. So look, yep. I don't think Lando will get involved. He's probably a bit too smart for that. 
But imagine if Lando went up the backside of one of them. Oh, <laughs> oh his hatred around the world would go from here to here. Yeah. I don't know. It no depends longer on who he gets, the most popular driver. <laughs> oh, that's, what, that's what would define his career you know, up until this yeah, point. Yeah, good point. And probably forever. So. There's nothing saying, though, that Lando Norris can't win this Grand Prix, though. And I say no. this because we've seen when a McLaren gets in front that they Danny can Rick's keep. Rick's got more of a chance from P10 than Lando does in P3. <laughs> All right, I'm going to ask this question then. Freya, what do you think DR can do? Because, of course, there's an interesting fight at the front. But for Daniel, uh, can he get closer towards that mid-pack? I mean, he's got some pretty racy people around him. He does. I think he'll be fine, though. I think if anyone's going to hold him up, it's going to be Ocon, I think, and he's going to probably going to be sitting right in front of him depending on what happens off the start. So I think if he can get Ocon off the start, the next couple will happen hopefully pretty quickly and will settle in kind of hopefully being best of the rest from there. Um, but I think he's got to get, yeah, he's got to get Ocon pretty quickly. I think otherwise he just yeah. will hold them all up. What about you, Tommy T? What do you think DR can do? Yeah, no, I reckon Freya's nailed it. I think, yeah, it's going to be – he's got to do it early and then he's got to be strategic with that stop and time it really well so that he's not on dead rubber at the very end of the race like he has been in the last couple. Okay, here we go. Campy, one-word answer only, none of this head and heart crap. <laughs> Who is going to win the World Championship in 2021? Lewis. Tommy? Lewis. Freya? Well, it has to be Max now. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, geez, should we split it down the middle? Uh, look, oh. I think Kimi Raikkonen because you know, we're all in a simulation and since 2007 nothing has happened. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, yeah. I wish that was the case. Yeah, look, I, I think if, if Lewis, uh, sorry, if Max gets out in front in the first corner, then Red Bull have the opportunity to to hold it. But, uh, geez, I look, to I be fair, wrong. I think Lewis as well. I think Lewis as well. I think that's yeah. he's just the, the video of, how the rear suspension works on that Mercedes yeah. that we saw a bit of a, a clip of is Crazy. just mind-boggling, mm. that kind of technology. And Haas wonder why they're 17 seconds off the pace. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, Haas is the biggest danger to Verstappen and Hamilton combined. Ooh, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. That's, that's that true. All right, well, look, that's, that's all to come. Uh, thank you to all of you for being part of this podcast. It's taken probably an hour and a half to get out what will be about 30 minutes worth of content. So thank you for your patience. Thank you to you for listening and watching wherever you are all across the world. Don't forget to jump on to our Discord server to talk about the race. Uh, it's on at midnight Australian Eastern Daylight Time. Uh, it's not a bad time to watch a Grand Prix, uh, although the adrenaline might be pumping one way or another. Remember, be kind to each other. Doesn't really matter who wins. At least we bloody got it down to the last lap of the last wire. Yep. Uh, this is everyone that uh, we're all in it together. No uh, tinfoil hat wearing after today. That's only Campy is allowed <laughs> to do that. Uh, Sorry, I ragged on George earlier. <laughs> no, not more. Let me leave you with this thought. Let me leave you with this thought. If Lewis Hamilton wins and he decides that eight is enough and he leaves, could we see Oscar Piastri go oh. up against George Russell in a Mercedes next <laughs> year for a quick head. in? That's my tin foil beanie uh, thought of the night. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow for our uh, recap of the championship fight for 2021 from the one season. Good luck with the cool. seven hours of editing. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, mate. No, I think it's pretty telling though that how much there's booing for 
Lewis. I think mm. the fans really want something different, like around the world. Unfortunately, we just get this UK bias all the time, and it's always like Lewis, Lewis, Lewis. Whereas, like, if you zoom out, the rest of the world's like, we want something different, change it up. We like how Max is different. I mean, Max got some booze last weekend too. So, yeah, I thought it was pretty fifty-fifty. Mm. Lewis just always acknowledges the booze, whereas Max just moves on. I was about, I was about to say, like, still managed to talk about how awesome they were. Yeah, <laughs> despite yeah. Them, they're literally they're literally booing you, and he's like, "You guys literally. are amazing." <laughs> like they don't the agree. Best fans in the world. Sports Social Podcast Network.